Okay, ah, here you go. Thank you so much for welcoming me. Um, this is my second time coming here, and I thought the second time would be easier, but it was more difficult because uh, the first time I was here, I didn't know the context, so I didn't have any expectation. So I was ready for it, but uh, I was not this nervous. But now I have, I have built up all this expectation, and somehow I could not even sleep <laughs> coming here. But knowing that we serve the same God, and knowing that we read from the same Bible, makes it easier, knowing that we are uh, here to, to please him, not to uh, impress anyone, or we are here to uphold the word of God, not um, us as individuals. That makes it easier. Uh, I will be reading from Romans chapter 14 today, um, and we'll be praying uh, before I go deep into the context. Romans chapter 14, verse 1 through, uh, through 4. Accept the one whose faith is weak, without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another who fa whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with the contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall. And they will stand for the Lord is able to make them stand. Let's pray. Dear Father, uh, we thank you for this day, this morning, and we thank you for the, your word. We thank you for the gift of family. Uh, we, we thank you for the gift of friends. Uh, that's why we are here today, because you gave us family and friends. Uh, wherever we go by the end of the day, we are one body, one family. And uh, we thank you for this gift. Um, I pray that you would give us um, You'd give me the strength, your spirit, to speak uh, to your people. And you bless um, the time, the rest of the time that we are going to have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I gave attention to this verse when I was uh, working with university students. One of the concerns or the common question that university students are going to ask you is, Chigir uh, Allah. It's a Maharic word for, is it going to be a problem if I do this? So a common question is, Chigrala? Chigrala? Is, is it going to be a problem if I have a tattoo? Is it going to be a problem if I have my hair cut in a certain way, if I have a certain hairstyle, or if I dressed in a certain way? If I kiss the other person or the other sex in a certain way, because uh, in my culture, uh, you don't just shake hands. It's a warm culture. You, you kiss the other person. So is there, is there a boundary for it? Like, how, how do I do that? Is, would become a question. Uh, when, you when you come to my country, Ethiopia, the conversation of, the, the spectrum of this conversation 
is way early. It's, it's not like here where we are talking about you know, the other extreme. We are way early on the, on the conversation of, okay, can I, can I have a tattoo? It's, it's not going to be a problem here. But back, my, back, back, back into my home, it's, it's a problem still. Like, can I have a tattoo in a church? Can I, can I, can I, have, can I dress in a certain way? Um, uh, even Zephan and Mazmur, we have two, two different words for music. The one, the music that we do in a church, it's called Mazmur. It's holy. It's, it's godly. The... The music that you hear from, uh, from the radio, or we call it Zephan, it's, it's, aus- it's, not, it's not holy. So people in, in my country, Christians will not listen to secular music uh, because it's, it's still a question, or even alcohol. Alcohol. Because Ethiopia would be the only nation in Africa that you would find Jewish, Jewish people. Ethiopian black Jewish people, meaning that we have a heritage of even not eating porks. We don't eat pork. The first time I had pork, it was in the U.S. I've never, don't tell anyone. I'm not going to tell anyone back, going back home even. <laughs> and the first time I had it, I was surprised how tasty it was. Like the world was hiding this from us. It's, it's so nice. <laughs> But I'm not going to go back home and say that, by the way, guys, pork is, <laughs> and we should start eating. I, you can't do that. It's culturally, it's a taboo. Or uh, zafan, just because, or music, secular music, just because our brothers in the U.S. will hear, um, we listen to secular music, it doesn't mean that you can apply it back, in, back at home, in the church. So there are things that we don't do in our culture, but as time is changing, especially as the newer generation is coming to the church, I pastor a church. Uh, I am a, I am a, I, I, I'm still leading an organization, a, a mission organization, but I also pastor a church, and my job is, is my, my main job is uh, to lead the early morning um, uh, adult Sunday school. Adult Sunday school. So I am responsible to write all these teachings from the Bible. So when a basic question comes to the church, it's my job to go and research and come back and then respond to those questions right now. So the younger generation is coming with all this question. Is it, is it, is it going to be a problem if I do this? And your natural instinct is to give an answer. You say, oh... I have a good answer. I have, in fact, I have a good example for this. So your ego or your knowledge itches from within. And then be like, I have, to, I have to respond. I have to give them good one. But the Bible is saying, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. It's not about your knowledge superiority. It's about the love that you have for the other person. So... Let me talk about the context of this verse, what it is about and what it is not. It's not talking about our faith, biblical truth, or doctrine. On those matters, we have to be serious 
and we have to explain our stand. It's not about biblical truth, doctrine, and our faith. It's about disputable, disputable matters, practices, opinions, the things that we grow up doing. My wife thinks that we have to bow down when we pray. We have to face the wall and move our heads because she grew up in an Orthodox family that does that. I grew up in an Orthodox family, but I am more comfortable when I pray, I walk around. And she finds that very destructive and unholy. <laughs> just moving around while praying. But I don't argue with her for two reasons. One, because she's always right. <laughs> and two is, by the end of the day, it's not something that will take us to the heaven or not. Like it's not, it's not, it's not, it doesn't affect our faith. So, how do we respond? The Bible tells us to uh, be more even welcoming. And instead of responding, be welcoming. The first time I was in the U.S., it was in 2019. I arrived in D.C., went to L.A., California, I attended one church, came to San Jose, attended another one, came to San Francisco, attended the third one, went back to Midwest, Indiana. I went to a church called Lion Church, and everything is different. <laughs> Out of nowhere. Forget about Ethiopia and you know, Africa and the US. I'm talking about here in the US, Midwest and California. I was sitting in a church, no music instruments, with no music instruments. And it was time to worship, and one guy stood up, and then he had this, I don't know what the music instrument is, just to find the notes. He did boop. And then they started singing this beautiful thing. It feels like everybody knows their, uh, they kind of have timing. I'm talking about the whole congregation being a choir. And we did that. Three guys came in. You don't know. It's a surprise. You don't know who's going to preach. Three of them came in. One prayed. One preached. And the other one closed with prayer. They sat down. And we went back because there is a lunch. And there is an afternoon program. As we are going out, the only black man from Africa, I saw the other person kissing on the lips. Guys, big dudes. And then I was like, is it? So everybody started to greet on the lips. I was confused. Are they going to come and kiss me on the lips? <laughs> so I was, I was really worried. So everybody, especially the older guys, they start to kiss on the lips. And I went to my friend and I told him, what's going on? <laughs> I want to know. And he said, that's what they taught a holy kiss meant back in the day. 
It's a holy kiss. It's not, it's not like, oh, they want to kiss everyone. It's, it's just, it's greeting. And then that's a holy kiss. And now it has become a conversation within the church because the younger generation is not doing it. The older generation is used to it. So for someone from Africa who have heard all these stories, and then you come to the church and you see that, it's scary. But it doesn't mean that I can't go to that church. In fact, I really love that church. And then as they were explaining, and then I asked them, so how are you, how are you, trying, to, how are you trying to discuss this thing? And they say, oh, we have, we have a committee that's discussing about it. And we said, it's going to fade out because the older generation believes that's the holy kiss. And the younger generation does not believe that's the holy kiss or that's not we should greet. And they say, it will naturally fade out. And I can so relate with that because we have the same thing in my culture. When the missionaries came in for the first time, we had two, three wives. And out of nowhere, you can't come and say, oh, you, you know, you can, only one, uh, you can only have one wife. So you have, to, you have to divorce the other two. And how do you do that? Is it going to be, okay, you keep the most beautiful one. Or the most, uh, you know, the one that really agrees with you with everything, and then you let go the others. How do you do that? What's the, what, what will be the standard? Or is it going to be, oh, who's the first wife? Is, is she the, your first wife? Yeah. There is, you know, you get to keep the first wife and then you let go of. How do you deal with that? So what the missionaries did is, they come up with a standard that will work for, with, for everyone. And naturally, naturally, because this, the, the other generation as it's coming, we didn't have two, three wives. We only had one. But they only want to, to solve the first generation, the generation that they had more wives. Or alcohol. Alcohol. It's still... Um, the church today will not permit alcohol in the church, in my nation, and in, in my country. You might ask, why? It doesn't say don't, don't drink. It says don't get drunk. But when you come to Ethiopia, and coming from Orthodox background, in Orthodox, there is holidays on Monday, holidays Tuesday, holidays Wednesday, meaning it's a drinking day every day. And we call it Sabbath, meaning holy, holy alcohol. It's, it's holy because as long as you dedicate it for the holy day, it's Sabbath. It's not, it's not alcohol. It's, it's, in fact, holy water. So now you have people drinking from Monday to Sunday. <laughs> and it's not even a beer that's packed and then the alcohol level was really tasted. It's, we have moonshine. And sometimes that thing has an alcohol level that nobody knows. It's just you discover it as you are drinking it. <laughs> oh, this is strong. <laughs> this thing is so strong it will make you blind. <laughs> there are people who got blind as they are drinking during the day. Like, what, 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 everything is dark here. It will make you blind. So the church come up with, with this teaching. and say, no, you can't do this. 
It's, it's, it's going to be sinful if you do this. Now it's becoming a conversation with the younger generation, but I understand the fathers who come up with the teaching and saying that, no, we're not going to do it. Why am I giving all these examples? I'm giving this example because it's not, it's not about you being right. There is satisfaction in being, you being right. That's something that you learn, especially when you get married. It's not always you being right. It's always having a peaceful, peaceful house. It's, it's about how you can agree on something and then you live on because you love each other. So this is a family. You can think about, and you're, if you can't do that with your family, if you can't do that with your kids, because as kids are growing up, they will have an opinion. They will have their own opinion. When they are very young, you can say, don't do it, and then you don't have to even explain why they don't have to do it. You can say, don't do it, and then they know the consequence, and then they will submit. But as they grow up, they will have an opinion. They will have their own knowledge. Same with your spouses. If you can't be generous with your spouses, why not in the church? Why not with our brothers and in sisters in the church, if we say this is a family, why don't we be generous and say that, you know what? One person might not have the knowledge, and it's not the end of the world, and I don't have to be right every time. It's not knowledge superiority, it's more of love, which reminds me Roman, First um, uh, 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 Corinthians chapter 8. That talks about, is it right to eat? Is it right to eat a meat that's slaughtered for, you know, holidays? And I can, I can relate with this one because there is always a question, can I eat a Muslim, a Muslim, um, a, a meat that's slaughtered by a Muslim family? Can I go to my friend's house and eat um, meat? And the answer, until I grow up, it's, it's no, it's clear no. Because they have a certain way of slaughtering meat in my country, Muslims. They don't do it from the front. It will be done from the back. And for a Jewish heritage, that's a no-no. And we don't buy meat from a butcher shop because you have to slaughter it yourself. Every Ethiopian will have a, slaughter, a place to slaughter animals because you have to see it as you are slaughtering it. Because in our mind, if we bought it from supermarket, it's already dead. You can't eat that's a meat that's already dead. You have, to, you have to slaughter it yourself. So this, this, these people are asking, is it right to eat meat that is slaughtered for, you know, this kind of holidays? Paul didn't go and answer the question, oh, you can or you cannot. He said it's all about love. We don't have, some people have weak conscience. And then they think that is wrong. So for the sake of our brothers and sisters, let's not do it. Let's not do it. On both sides, there needs to be a middle ground. It says one side must not treat with contempt and the other with judgment. The one who, doesn't, who, who eats does not judge the other person. And 
the person who's, who says, oh, this, this is not holy, I'm not going to eat, should not see the other person in contempt. So there should be a middle ground for the both of us. And do not promote it. Keep it between you and God. Sometimes we want to promote our ideas. And then we want to show that we are right. And the Bible is recommending us to not promote it. Keep it to yourself. If you come to Africa, and then if you have been a part of the worship, it's really good, yeah? It's, it's really good. You get to dance. You get to jump. You get to come to the front, and then you support the worship team. They are not going to be by themselves. And guess what? There is no time limit. <laughs> there is no time limit. And you blame it on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> It'd be like, ah, you know what? <laughs> and you come here. You have to practice. Oh, you have 35 minutes, okay? You can't go beyond that. And then you come here and then you try to jump and then people be like, Who, who's this guy I have seen <laughs> jumping in the front? We, we have different practices. It doesn't mean that I am right and you are wrong or you are wrong and I'm right. It's all about the practices that I grew up with. There is no right way to it. So keep it to yourself. If you want to worship that way and then worship that way. It doesn't mean that, no, this church is too cold. So we need to bring guys who jump more and then so that they will. <laughs> it doesn't mean. So how do we apply it? How do we apply it? The application is first, do not quarrel. Do not quarrel. Meaning that if you are having discussion, it's one thing, but quarreling about it is another thing. Sometimes conversation go in things on these matters. That's what quarrel means. We Ethiopians are very... Um, one of the advices that Chris was giving me is, because he has been there for uh, seven years, he knows that Ethiopians in general more, are more respectful, and when they talk, you can't even clearly hear. So he said, make sure that you are speaking up. Because for us, even if when we are having, like when, when we are quarreling, you, you, can, you can't even hear. It's, it's between, we whisper. Don't do we do that out of respect. And you come here and then you are just having, Americans are having discussion and I feel like, are they fighting? <laughs> because you guys speak from here. Not from here. <laughs> we were talking about one other pastor and he said, when I speak in Ethiopia, when I speak, people think that I am mad. Hey, hello. And why are you mad? Anyways, quarreling is about the attitude of how you speak. The attitude that you have when you, when you talk to the other person on this matter. So do not quarrel on these subjects, on these ideas. Let me give you another example that really 
as very important for us. And there was even a time where it was a deal breaker between our church. People felt like, oh, we are leaving if these things are not changing. And it was the matter of worship and, and relating it with the Holy Spirit. So the younger generation are more enthusiastic when they worship. They jump and dance and they whistle. And when you have 80 plus ethnic groups, you have 80 plus dances, dancing styles, 80 plus dancing styles. Some people might do the eskista, the eskista is this one. So as they are worshiping, they do the eskista. <laughs> Some might do the walaitinya dance. The walaitinya dance is it's more of it comes from the leg. And you are a church full of people who, are, who, are, who are, it doesn't have, you know, it's just, it was, it was crazy. So the elders came in and then what do we do with this? Because it seems like every worship that we are having, it's, it's going nuts. It's going crazy. And the younger generation, they will, they, will be, they, they will try to be free and then they whistle and then they dance and then they see it's the Holy Spirit. I'm touched by that. That's why I'm free. That's, that's why I'm, I'm doing those things. And the, the older generation looking at them with judgments. And it become, we try to fix it with a conversation and every conversation we have it, it changed into quarrel. This is right and this is wrong. What we did is we try to invite, invite some of the older people into the youth uh, programs and they will lead and coordinate and coach the youth worship, the youth programs. As they are coming to those programs, they try to, they start being sympathizing. Because now they have to coordinate it, they have to talk about it, they have to pray with the, this young men. And they understood that these young men and women are spiritual. And the, the reason why they do what they do is because it's, it's, now time has changed. It's not because they are less holy. It's because that's how their generation worships. So creating that opportunity of having a discussion in a state of quarreling will change the whole thing. So it's all about love. It's not about knowledge superiority. I feel like it's a very important subject especially looking at the church becoming more divided and trying to find every subject to make us more divided than united and one. Every time I come here, there is new subjects that are coming into the church that makes us more divided than before. And we need to be serious about those things. For me, it's easier to observe it from outside and be scared because I can't do anything about it because I'm on the outside, but you can do something about it because you are, that's your church, that's your, that's your body. And every time I come here, the, I hear all these ideas flying around and then 
It's becoming more dividing than before. It's becoming more dividing than before. And I feel like this verse and this section is the most important section right now for today's church around the world. For us, it's easier because we are in the early stage of it. We need to be ready for it. But we are on the early stage of, do we drink moonshine or not? <laughs> do we cut our hair in a certain way or not? Do we dress in a certain way? It's too early for us. But time is changing really fast, so we need to get ready for it. But the church in the waste, as now, I feel like it's in the depth of it. And starting from love fixes everything. There are times Jesus would be asked a very controversial question and he will not answer. Not because he doesn't know the answer. Because he knows that it will divide them more than fix their problems. They will, ask them, he, they will, they will come and ask him about politics. Intentionally. So that he will be on the wrong. Intentionally. So that he will give an answer and then that will be it. But from now on, we will follow him or who, we will follow these words. But he would give them an answer that is not supporting. Like it's not a clear cut. He's doing that because he would, he would, he would welcome everyone. But there are times when he would, when he would uh, give an answer that's so clear cut because it's, it's important for their faith. So, as a, as a final word, I really recommend the church. If I, if I, am, if I am given the chance here, I can't, I can't go without stressing that you need to be intentional. You need to be intentional about your conversations. What kind of impact they are going to uh, bring on the other person, on our body. If we calculate the consequences in our family, in our marriage, before we speak, we need to also calculate the consequences and the impact they are going to bring to our body within the church. And that's very important. Um, I, I will be praying in Amharic, and then I will be clothing with that. Uh, I will be praying the Lord's Prayer in Amharic. አባታችን ሆይ በሰማያት የምትኖር ስምህ ይቀደስ መንግስቴ ተምጣ ፍቃዴ በሰማይ እንደሆነች እንዲሁም በመድርቱን የለት እንጀራችን እስጠንዛሬ በደላችንን ይቀርበለን እኛም ይበደሉንን ይቀር እንደምንል አቤቱ ወደ ፈተናማ አታግባን ከክፉ ሁሉ አድነን እንጂ መንግስት ያንተናትና ኃይል ክብር ምስጋና لزل العالم لانتهون امين